Hello and welcome to Bill Stern's Sports Newsreel from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. The following program is being shortwaved overseas by the Armed Forces Radio Service. With the Colgate Shave Cream Sports Newsreel. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. This is Bill Stern broadcasting tonight from the Windy City of Chicago and bringing you the 304th edition of the Colgate Shave Cream Sports Newsreel. Our guest tonight here in Chicago is one of the most famous orchestra leaders in the nation, Mr. Charlie Spivak. But first, real one, profile of a legend. This is a love story, as told to me. It's a story old as time itself. Like all other love stories, it's the story of a boy and a girl. The girl's name was Lisa. The boy's name was Joseph. They were Austrians growing up in Vienna, and they fell very much in love. Joseph? Joseph was a fine athlete, a professional soccer player. Lisa? Lisa was a student at the university. That is, she was a student at that university until one day she found out that she could no longer afford to go to the university. But she didn't have to leave it. No, her sweetheart, Joseph, came to her rescue, gave her the money so that she could finish her education at the university. Lisa never forgot her indebtedness to Joseph. She realized that since he was paying for her education by his professional soccer playing, the least she could do would be to watch him play. And she did. She became a regular spectator at the soccer games. Until one day, she was appointed the official scorer for the university soccer team. Lisa and Joseph planned to be married that year, but they never were. Because Joseph, needing more money for their approaching marriage, had organized a soccer team to tour the Orient to make that money. This team had been very successful at first, until one day in Japan, Joseph was taken deathly ill with a tropical fever, and there in Japan, he died. And Joseph was buried in Japan. But Lisa never forgot him. And she also never forgot that only through Joseph and his ability to play soccer that she'd been able to get the money to finish her education. And so she kept on going to hockey games and soccer games. And she kept on being the official scorer. The years passed after that. Then came the fateful year of 1938. Adolf Hitler had come into power. And Adolf Hitler was sweeping all the non-Aryans out of Germany and Austria. Lisa was an elderly woman by this time. But she knew that the dreaded German Gestapo would arrest her someday. And they did. They took her to Gestapo headquarters where the German officer told her, Herr Freidein, we find nothing on you but this notebook filled with figures. Would you mind telling us just what these figures are? I certainly, Herr Ober. I am the official scorer for the soccer team. The figures in this notebook are the way I keep score at the game. Oh, uh, Herr Ober, I know this woman well. I have seen her many times at the games. She has been keeping soccer statistics for years. She's an eccentric old fool. But she's harmless. All right, Fräulein. Take your stupid little notebook. But get out of this country. We don't want your kind here. After that, Lisa did leave the country. She went to Sweden with her stupid little notebook. And she turned it over to the Allies. For that notebook was destined to shake the foundation of this world. You see, Lisa's full name was Lisa Meitner. And those figures in her notebook were not soccer figures at all. Those figures were the figures that gave the world the atomic bomb. 
And that's the story of how the game of soccer helped to win this war. For had not Lisa's sweetheart, Joseph, played soccer, Lisa would never have been provided with the alibi that managed to escape. But that's not the end of the story. No, the end of the story is legendary. For the legend is that Joseph, Lisa's sweetheart, who only went to Japan with a soccer team to get money to marry Lisa, died in Japan. And in Japan, they buried him. Buried him in the town of Hiroshima. The very town upon which Lisa's brainchild, the first atomic bomb, was dropped. Profile of a legend. Real two. He's no sports star, but when it comes to shaving, well, Mr. W.A. Simpson of Atlanta, Georgia, is right on the championship team, the Colgate Brushless team. But Mr. Simpson recently wrote me, Dear Bill, after hearing you, I decided to try a jar of Colgate Brushless Shave Cream with the full intention of getting double my money back. But to my complete amazement, it gave me a splendid shave, not leaving my face the least bit sore. And to a fellow who always was sore at shaving, that's a big boon. Do you hear that, all you fellows with tough whiskers and tender skin? Colgate Brushless Shave Cream was made for you. Rich, fluffy, active. Colgate Brushless tames the toughest whiskers, softens them down to the skin line, so your razor can shear them off clone and close and clean. Colgate Brushless stays moist and active, clear through your shave. It doesn't dry out. It doesn't draw out your skin or make it smart. Colgate Brushless Shave Cream is not gooey or greasy. It rinses off your face and your razor in a flash. So here's my offer. Please, try Colgate Brushless, the shave cream of champions. And if you don't find that it gives you championship performance, just send the top of the carton to me. Bill Stern, Kara Colgate, Jersey City, Zone 2, New Jersey, and you'll get double your money back. Wheel 3. Colgate's camera close-up of... That trumpet, that's Charlie Spivak's theme, and that's Charlie Spivak himself playing it. He and his grand band are thrilling Chicago audiences nightly here in Chicago at the Chicago Theater. Here he is in person, one of the most famous artists in the nation, ladies and gentlemen, Charlie Spivak. Now, Charlie, believe me, as you put that trumpet down, it's a pleasure to see you. Well, thank you, Bill. Well, what are you doing in Chicago? Well, I'm on my way out to broadcast the National Hydroplane Races on Sunday and Monday in Omaha, Nebraska. Let's stick to you, Charlie. How'd you begin? Well, Bill, I took up the trumpet when I was nine because I couldn't play baseball. Mm, I'm sorry, I don't get it. What do you mean, Charlie? Well, I was too small to play baseball, so my dad bought me a trumpet to get my mind off baseball. <laughs> Did it work? Only partly. You see, I still like baseball so much that I organized a baseball team from the men in my band. Well, how good is that baseball team that you have in your band, Charlie? Well, it's good enough to beat the baseball team from Tommy Dorsey's band. <laughs> <laughs> what position do you play? Center field. Do you play center field as well as you play trumpet? Well, I have just as much fun. Well, swinging over to music, Charlie, and you do swing music. How'd you get your band going? Well, mainly through the help of one person. Charlie, who was that? A great sportsman... And a great musician. He gave me all the encouragement I needed. He even helped me organize my first band. His name is Glenn Miller. I'll never forget it. Even though now he's reported missing. For as far as I'm concerned, Glenn Miller is not gone. He never can be. For every night on the bandstand... His memory is by my side. Thank you so much. That's a beautiful tribute. Good luck and good night, Charlie Spivak. Good night, Bill. Good night, Charlie. 
Real four. Portrait of the names of towns. Listen to this train announcer as he calls off the names of the towns on the Missouri Pacific Railroad. Did you hear the names of those nine towns that Missouri Pacific train announcer was calling off? Nine towns in a row spread west of Missouri. Maybe you'd be interested in knowing how they got their names. Well, back in the 1880s, the St. Louis Browns baseball team won four consecutive baseball championships. In fact, that St. Louis baseball team was so great that the Missouri Pacific Railroad decided to make sure that the players on that team would never be forgotten. Hence, they named nine of the towns on their railroad after the nine men who made up that team. So now, as you travel west from Missouri through the prosperous towns of Admire, Miller, Allen, Bushong, Helmick, Wilsey, Delavan, Dillon, and Comiskey... Just remember that each one of those towns is named after a baseball player. But many towns have been influenced by sports. For example, down in Argentina, there's a town named El Pico. It was here in El Pico that many of the championship prize fights were held. That is, they were held there until 1919, when the South American middleweight championship was fought there, and the local favorite lost, lost on a crooked decision. The crowd became so angry that they set fire to the fight arena. The fire spread to the other buildings in the town, and before help could arrive, the entire town was burned to the ground. Yeah, that's the story of a town that was destroyed by sports. Now let me tell you the story of a town that was built by sports. I wonder how many of you people know the town of Presque Isle in Maine. Well... Presque Isle would not have been built the way it is, but for a sports star. For in Presque Isle, there lived a sports star named John R. Braden. Nobody in Presque Isle could run faster than John Braden. And so successful did he become that the town of Presque Isle did a strange thing. The town council decided to take money out of the city treasury and to bet this money to bet it on their local sports star. And since he continued to win race after race, the town of Presque Isle made a great deal of money betting on John Braden. With this money, they built a new post office, a new library, a new city hall, a new courthouse, and many other new buildings. Until the town of Presque Isle in Maine has been practically rebuilt, all thanks to a great runner. A runner named John Braden. Oh, yeah. There's one more thing you might like to know. John Braden was a horse. But there's an even stranger sports story about another town. This town, many years ago, was located just outside of New York City. It was officially incorporated. It had a post office and a bank. And yet this town, although officially incorporated as a town, was actually a racetrack. A racetrack that had incorporated as a town in order to get a post office and a bank for its money. However, that's not the strangest part of the story, no. The strangest part is that this racetrack was owned by three different men, each one of whom died... On the 4th of July. But even stranger still is the fact that these three men who owned that racetrack were John Adams, Thomas Jefferson, and James Monroe, all of whom, all of whom were presidents of the United States. Portrait of a racetrack that was owned by three men who all died on the 4th of July and were all presidents of the United States. Real five. Since we're in Chicago tonight, here's the best in the West, Don Elder. Men, why not give the old faith a lift? In other words, 
Why not shave with Colgate Brushless Shave Cream, the shave cream of champions? For Colgate Brushless Shave Cream is made especially for men with tough whiskers and naturally dry, sensitive skin. You spread this rich, fluffy cream over your skin and your razor flies over your face with the greatest of ease. No snagging, no pulling, no after irritation. And it rinses off your razor in a flash. Then I'm telling you, Colgate Brushless Shave Cream is tops in shaving performance. Tops. So get yourself a jumbo jar of Colgate Brushless, the shave cream of champions, tonight. And now, back to Bill Stern. Real six. Colgate's candid camera catches the story behind the story. Tokyo, Japan. The most famous horse in the world today is the famous white horse, the white horse that belongs to the Emperor Hirohito of Japan. This horse has been called by the Japanese people a divine animal. You've all seen pictures of the emperor mounted on this white horse. Ladies and gentlemen, here is the truth about Emperor Hirohito's famous white horse. That horse, ladies and gentlemen, was originally a cow pony in California, and its mother was a circus racehorse. And that's the 3-0 mark for tonight. Tonight we've been speaking from Chicago. We're on our way to Omaha to broadcast the national hydroplane races. Next Friday evening we'll be back. Broadcasting from New York City, same time, same station, with another edition of the Colgate Shave Cream Sports Newsreel. Our guest next Friday night will be the most famous dancing teacher in the world, Mr. Arthur Murray. So be sure and be with us next Friday evening at our usual time when our guest will be the world-famed dancing teacher, Arthur Murray. See you then. And until then, I'll be seeing you on the screen in the News of the Day newsreel at your favorite Lowe's or Associated Theaters. And now until the same time next Friday night, this is Bill Stern for Colgate Shave Cream wishing you all a good, good night from Chicago. Bill Stern, the Colgate Shave Cream man is on his way. Bill Stern, the Colgate Shave Cream man had lots to say. He told the tale to sports, he rolls the inside dope, he really knows, so listen in next Friday night. Wait a minute, Mrs. America, wait a minute. You did a wonderful job saving waste fats, but your used cooking fat is still needed. It's needed for peacetime production for automobiles, refrigerators, vacuum cleaners, soaps, alarm clocks, cottons, and nylon. And your butcher still pays you four cents plus two red points for every pound of waste cooking fat. So don't waste waste fat. Fill a tin and turn it in. Good night. Mr. Charlie Spivak appeared on this program tonight courtesy of the Chicago Theater here in Chicago where he and his orchestra are currently appearing. This program originated in Chicago. This is the National Broadcasting... Mm-hmm.